Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Topic of Choice podcast. I may have cut that music out a little too soon. Uh, learning some new technology tonight, but welcome back. This is officially season three, episode one, the opener of uh, the Topic of Choice podcast. My name is Joey Police. I'm your host. And with us tonight, we have a great panel of guests, um, a recurring guest, which you know him as uh, the network therapist guy, my good friend and colleague, Matthew Snotty. Welcome, Matthew. Hey, Joey. How you doing? I am well. Good to see you. You doing all right? Lo- yeah, I'm doing great. I love the Peter Gunn theme. There is nothing more iconic than, than that. I'm going to play that again here in, in just a minute. Um, but I, I want to bring in our other two guests so we can just start having some fun and talking. Um, the, the InfoSec guru... Um, the one and only Ben Maliso from, and, and if you haven't heard this podcast, everybody, you need to go, uh, right now after you listen to my podcast, not, Yeah, not right now, yeah, you need to, you need to finish this subscribe rate and review. Uh, and then I want you to go right to, uh, the, you know what? It's the sensuous sounds. I can't say it like you, Ben of InfoSec, right? <laughs> ben Maliso <laughs> and Robin Cabe, uh, welcome to the show. Hey. Thank you so much for having us, Joey Popo. We're we're just so glad to be here. Absolutely I've been, stoked. I've been looking forward to this for, for ever since we started talking about it. It uh, it's going to be a good time. So tonight we are we're going to talk about a whole bunch of things. I think drinking first, maybe because we're we've all, <laughs> we've all shown up with our martinis and a little bourbon. Um, but we're going to be de rigueur for Bond, right? What's that? It's it's de rigueur. It's mandatory for the topic for the subject Man- matter. <clears throat> So, he's, he's using French. Don't just just ignore whenever he tries to to say French words. He's 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 uh, an educated an educated man. Um, <laughs> we 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 are doing a, a a podcast, but but for the listeners, we're also watching each other because uh, I think it's better. And what was great is uh, when when I started the the show, Ben is sitting there, and you should have seen him in this like this debonair shirt. I mean, like he's going to a dinner party and I was, you know, like he had his black velvet jacket waiting for him. He has his, he has his martini shaker right in front and he's got his martini with the olives. And and I show up with like my black mug of tea and and I realize (laughs) I'm completely underdressed for this. Uh, Well, Robin told me we were going to have video, so we needed the appropriate set dressing. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, but, uh, even though, and we probably should post this, but I'm not going to, but we uh, will do, we will do a, uh, an episode where we, where we post the video as well. Um, but all that to say, I had to go and make a martini. I didn't make it right, but it's good. No, you made it perfect. Vodka and olives. That's all you need. That's a martini. <laughs> uh, we'll so do Robin, a future you're... episode about mash because that's a mash martini. Just Straight distilled <laughs> alcohol in a glass with an olive. Oh, this is a podcast my wife would actually like to probably be on, you know. Invite her. What the hell? The more the merrier. Oh, you, uh, yeah. One day, one day, Ben, because right before she says, so, so, uh, what are you talking about tonight? And I said, we're talking about James Bond, you know, and, uh, yes, yes, James Bond. And <laughs> she said, what about James Bond? I said, well, we may, we may argue who is the best Bond. We may argue what the best Bond movie is and so on. She said, well, have you done your research on James Bond? I said, yes, I have. She said, well, what did you do to prep for this? I'm like, I remember watching the movies. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Well, that's that's pretty much all you can do unless you take like a few months to prepare because there's what like twenty eight movies oh, yeah. now. App. Plus, there's books and comic books and yes. um, uh, radio play as well. Now that I didn't know about. Yeah. Is there like, uh. like, like radio broadcasts like like the old uh, radio hour? Yes, because I did my research by going to good old faithful Wikipedia. So nice. <laughs> you did I did not know about that previously. But. There was also the TV show. Oh my gosh, yeah. Uh, the TV show. There was show. A, a brief American incarnation of a serial show, and I forget the name of it, where they did different um, ty- types of thriller topics. And- Get smart. <laughs> Uh, this was the an old of black silence. and white show from the 50s or 60s, and they made him an American Bond, and uh, they called him Jimmy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they adapted- um, Casino Royale. They, yeah. Well, they adapted Felix Leiter to be a British agent. Correct. Yeah. Um, and they, they named him Clarence. They flipped the script. Yeah. It was awful. Don't Clarence. see it. Don't find it. Um, Don't find it. Was... <laughs> Don't find it. There's also a TV show that I've always been curious about called James Bond Jr., which to me sounds like an 80s morning cartoon, but it was not. It was a live action drama about James Bond and I haven't his either. nephew. And the book of James Bond Jr. was written by Anonymous, leaving open the question, didn't Ian Fleming pen it? I'm guessing no. I've read it back in seventh grade and uh it's again pretty awful it's more like a hardy boys pastiche and uh hey the hardy boys they rock is pastiche a french word yes it's another uh, french word there's there's Do no I have french to drink every time i, I was gonna say i, 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 I think this this, this is gonna be a drinking game you know bond speaks seven languages all right so there you go <laughs> And Ben speaks a half of one. Exactly. And not well at all. (laughs) Not good. Well, you referenced one of the key points of tonight that we have to bring up, and that is Ian Fleming. So, Robin, you did a little bit of Wikipedia research. So I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to point the arrow to you. Who is Ian Fleming in regards to the James Bond universe? Ooh. Uh, that one I do know. I thought you were going to ask something more tough. Uh, Ian Fleming is the creator of James Bond. He wrote the original novels, which have inspired the massively successful franchise of, as we were saying, um, comic books, radio, movies, probably most famously. Gotcha. And, and he was actually a military guy, wasn't he? He, he was, I don't know if he was a spy, but he was actually adjacent to the, to the spy craft. Robin actually introduced me to a good biopic. What was the name of that thing? Oh, shoot. I think it was called Fleming. Um, I thought it was great. It It, it it was was very interesting. Yeah. Um, A dramatization of Ian Fleming's origins. Um, Hmm. And I know that in reality, his brother was with the Naval Special Service, I want to say. But he was involved in, his brother was involved in espionage, and I think he tangentially sort of tried to get involved. If I remember, and the problem with Bond and Fleming is that rumors and innuendo and truth have all been mixed beyond any recognition. The way I understand the story, Fleming did try out to be part of MI6 or the OSS combined forces during World War II. 
And the one thing the biopic did kind of relate correctly is that Fleming was too creative and imaginative to be a special agent. He couldn't kick down a door of a random room and shoot whoever was the occupant because he (laughs) had too much empathy for whoever was on the other side of the door. So basically he failed out of spy school. He was not a good assassin. But um, the way he wrote Bond, much more cold-blooded, he calls him the queen's blunt instrument. Oh, wow. Yes. I always count. I, I found that fascinating. I, I like the phrase. I just like the, the, the thought of failing out of spy school. Do they kill you if you fail out of spy school? <laughs> I, I was like, you know, we're, we're teaching you all of our secrets. You would think that before you're admitted in to spy school, you know, you check the box of, from a psychosis standpoint of, you know, <laughs> do you meet that kind of like astronauts, right? Uh, uh, meeting certain, certain criteria. I, I, I'm very cavalier in saying that. And if there are any spies, <laughs> legitimate spies listening, uh, hats off to you because I, I couldn't do it. <laughs> I like to say I could do it, but I definitely couldn't. I've been terrified I'm going to fling this martini glass accidentally because right. I am incredibly clumsy. But, yeah, uh, I, I can't. I can't. I hope I can figure this recording out by the end of the night, too. So um, but I know that there are some stories uh, as we as we get through the, the podcast and the show that I'm going to ask Matthew to um, possibly divulge Ben with with some of your Air Force history um, oh, golly. that he alluded to today when when I saw him uh, on my lunch break. So anyway, l- let me I'm just going to put that nugget there. Yeah. Oh, and I'm going to I'm going to leave it. <laughs> the legend um, of Ben Maliso lives on. You, now I'm disturbed. <laughs> before we before we start, and I'm going to do it now, and I'll do it at the uh, at the end of the show. Uh, ben, give us a little bit about your podcast, real quick, for the listeners. Um, sure. And and anything else you want to shout out or uh, talk about? Absolutely. The podcast, as we like to refer to it, is the Sensuous Sounds of Infosec. Everything about information security and information security. Basically, it allows us to discuss any topic we want because everything falls into those categories. Um, Robin and I just pick a topic. We blather about it for a half hour to an hour, and sometimes we have great guests on. Both you and Matt have been guests on our show, and we loved it. And um, we just entertain ourselves, and hopefully uh, our three listeners. Yeah. (laughs) Ben Ben comes in with the, uh, what did you, you referred to him as a information security guru i believe is that i think i think that's what i said yeah so that right? that, that's his role on the show and mine is the helpful idiot no, no I, i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna argue that i'm gonna push back uh and, and matthew and i have talked about this because it works in in all scenarios of of these types of shows robin ben wouldn't have a show without you and and I say Aww. that I say that because I, I think you bring the, the 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 yin and the yang for the both of you together. And so uh, for the listeners, if you haven't listened to this podcast, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. And I think Matthew would agree with me as well. The show 100%. does not the show does not work without without you on that. So yep. uh, it's it's an absolute uh, great podcast. Everybody, go listen to it. And Matthew, you're working. You I've got like stacks of paper of a podcast that you're wanting to start. And, uh, I think, I think, we yeah, can... yeah. We'll get around to it one day. You know? I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've already got the title picked out. I've already got a year's worth of topics picked out. I've, I've already got guests laid out and uh, yeah, all I need to do is just start hitting a record button and talking and yeah, no, it's, it's not happening right now. Not, not least of which, because, you know, apparently you and I are going to be taking this CISSP class 
And right. We're going to be having a, a a bunch of our time taken up. So I heard uh, the instructor's a, a some some gun. <laughs> he's I, he's some. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I've got I've got your book, Ben. It's it's somewhere in this in this shelves behind me, uh, and I've started reading the new one from Amazon. But and, and we want to plug that as well. So what's your what's your book from Amazon? And then we're going to. I, get I don't know which podcast. one you're referring to. I, I would say oh, probably oh, how oh, to I'm pass sorry. your infosec exam. <laughs> That's my guess. Uh, I've written several books. One of them's called Exposed. It's about privacy. That's the uh, one I'm reading right now. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, I think that's. My second latest, I have another one about CCSK, a couple about CCSP. I'm a nerd. I'm a writer. Practice test questions. Yeah, all the ones. Yeah. Ben is the go-to guy for security, guys. And um, I'm sure that we will have both Robin and Ben on the show again as well. But um, uh, for now, I know that you're probably here to talk more or listen to more about James uh, James Bond. And so, (laughs) without further ado, let's get into this. So who is, who's the best Bond? I've let's just, let's just go right week. out there. Who's the best? I've been thinking about this all week because when you posed the question, I was like, oh, this is awesome. I think the question comes down to which Bond do you mean? Do you mean which one's the best book Bond? That is, which movie represents what Fleming kind of posited as James Bond? Or which one's the best movie Bond? Or which one's the best bond of their moment, their era in their time, because bond has transitioned through so many different incarnations. And those, are, I think, are many different answers. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I, I would agree with that. There's so many different lenses that you can view that through. So I don't think there's a correct answer to who's the best bond. No, but there is. There absolutely is a correct <laughs> answer. <laughs> can we all just say Timothy Dalton? No, uh, what? no. What? Why, no. why would you say Timothy Dalton? Roger Moore is obviously the best Bond. No, no. In, ter- in terms no, no, of no, no. literary Bonds, Dalton is the best Bond. But so, in terms of, I'd say, cinema Bonds, I'd have to agree with you. Roger Moore in one specific movie, For Your Eyes Only. Some of the other ones were so comically abhorrent that they're disturbing to watch nowadays. So I have two listeners with my podcast. Hi, mom. Hi, dad. Um, and I'll tell you, uh, I'll tell you if there are any others that I think might listen to this, they would tell you absolutely not. They would tell you, they would argue this is, and I do not fall within this category. They would tell you that it is um, Sean Connery. Uh, and as and my worst, my worst uh, attempt at his accent, they would say that Sean Connery is the best Bond. Personally, and I'm here. I go. I'm gonna. I'm gonna divulge my uh, uh, my number one from a film standpoint is Daniel Craig. I think huh. he. I think he embodies the best Bond. I like what Craig opinion. has done with the reboots. I also like Pierce Brosnan. I think I, Brosnan I like Pierce. Did amazing. That, like, that's my answer. Yeah. My I believe that Pierce Brosnan is the best overall Bond. But uh, I, I like Dan- Pierce. Daniel Craig is a close second, and I I have specific opinions on that as well do you but again i think this this comes back to which bond are you asking for because i think there's arguments to be made for all of them there are people who love lazenby because he toned down george lazenby yeah there's he toned down the the superhero caricature of bond into something that was almost human and had kind of a range of emotions but was still pretty to look at Unfortunately, he's a terrible actor, at least in that, <laughs> you know, incarnation. 
Um, well, he he was a British ten and American four. Wasn't he Australian though? <laughs> or, or was he Australian? What was I think, he Australian? I think so. I think so. Really? Wow. Oh, I'm, trying, I'm trying to remember. Let me now. fact check. Connery was Scottish, so yeah. Yeah, yeah no, exactly. Uh, yeah, but B was Australian. Yeah. I think Ben, you make a good point from a standpoint of um, uh, of, of humanizing who Bond was, and, and I I did not watch any of the George Lazenby's, but I there was only I, the one, okay. Majesty's and, Secret Service, and evidently and, and, he he fought with uh, Al Broccoli constantly, and they just did not get along. Uh, so no matter what they offered him to come back to do another one, he refused. That was it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I, 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 but I like Daniel Craig. In my opinion, I think that he embodied what a true human would, how the tr- a true human would handle those situations from an emotional and physical standpoint, rather than the Roger Moore, where I just felt it was very, you know, like the stormtroopers firing 10,000 shots and he's like, uh, you won't hit me. You know, there's just, <laughs> it was just, just, in my opinion, not very believable. And maybe that's from a director standpoint or a producer standpoint of what they wanted that vision to be. And it could be a time period as well. Again, I'm talking about the film and somatic bond, not the literary. And, and I think that's, you have to take all those things into account because both the actors have mentioned the context that they appeared in. Roger Moore said that he only agreed to do the part if they made it campy, if they made okay. it kind of comical, because he said you have to, and I'll use the British phrase here, you have to take the piss out of the idea of a superhero secret agent. Real secret agents look plain. If you walk through a hotel lobby, you'd never see a real secret agent because they're just regular people. They blend but in. the James Bond is the, you know, magical person. It's a fantasy hero. And mm. he had already done kind of a secret agent thing with Simon Templar as the saint. And he didn't want to redo that again. Whereas Daniel Craig has said, you know, every frame I'm in, they're more concerned how the jacket looks than how I look. And moreover, they wouldn't allow him to go full Bond. He said, I can blow a man's head off with a large magnum hand weapon at close range, but I can't light up a cigarette hmm. on the screen. Hmm. And so and, and so there's a different context of what Bond is based on which decade you're in and which director you have, I think. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I think also, what are they trying to sell to the audience? Yeah. You know, and, and where's the where's the true uh, um, interpretation of that Bond? Has anyone read any of the Ian Fleming books? All of them. And the short stories. Really? Yeah. Well, I can't top that. Even Chitty Chitty Yeah, Bang I Bang, can't either. Which you is not Chitty a Bond Ch- book. Did you but say he Chitty did Chitty Bang Bang? Bo- he wrote the book that, that the what? screenplay was based on. Yeah. Have you not heard of Chitty 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 Well, no, Bang? I saw the movie. Yeah. yeah. Okay. With the That's Apple Ian Dump- Fleming. With the Apple too. Dumpling Gang, you know. Uh, yeah. But, uh-huh. but I and did Benny Hill, know. oddly, <laughs> as a very disturbing antagonist. I mean, it's hard to watch again. I've got, yak- yeah. got yakety yeah. sacks in my head now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Matthew, have you read any of the Ian Fleming books? No, no I, I, and I know that they're, they exist, but no, I've, I never got into any of them. I even read a couple of the, is it Gardner? Gard- yeah, Gardner books. They're awful. They're James really Gardner? bad. No, that's an actor. No, the James Gardner. Garner is the actor. I think it's Gardner. <laughs> Gardner? Right. I, I don't remember. Because, yeah, I think you're right. In one, they kidnap his housekeeper. They're just like stretching for drama. I mean, oh. it's just so awful. Now, did I, you? Uh, yeah, go ahead, Robin. Oh, I so 
I went to UC Berkeley, which is a very special school. <laughs> and uh, one of our requirements was to take an elective that was student taught. And the one I chose was James Bond. Ooh, tell us about is, that. I thought it was going to be a super fun kind of blow off credit. And yeah. uh, no, they took it extremely seriously. And if we didn't read the assigned reading, they would fail us. So um, yeah, it's no I, joke. I think no joke. You had to take it very seriously. And to them, there was a right answer to who the best James Bond was and which oh. the best movie was. And oh, do, you, um, do you remember their answers? I, I do not. I, I remember okay. one of them strongly argued that, um, what was it? Um, the World is Not Enough was the best Bond film. That's that was Pierce Brosnan, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. But, yeah, uh, Halle Berry. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Who made? Who's a wonderful actress? Sure. Terrible Bond girl. Not a good actress in that role at all. Sadly. Wait, no. Halle Berry was in uh, Die Another Day. Oh, my bad. Uh, we're, I'm gonna have to find out who, which one uh, was the Bond girl in that. But but that's that's intriguing. And, and little sidebar to I took a cinema history class. Uh, in my undergrad, right? And I thought it was going to be very similar to what you had anticipated, Robin. Uh, it was it was no joke. Like, uh, no, it was extremely difficult. Papers, uh, theories. I'm like, I, I just wanted to come in and sleep while they played movies. Uh, Did you talk about work. semiotics? Because <laughs> I actually have a degree in film studies and uh yeah really? they, they they take it kind of seriously yeah it was real <laughs> That's why i'm not in that field <laughs> yeah. yeah i kind of want i was like oh maybe i could do like what siskel and ebert do you know maybe you know but no that's not the way it worked out can, can we just say here in terms of the books they're incredibly stupid oh god they're awful i mean they're they're really dumb and, and you were asking don't they kill you after you fail out of spy school i think <laughs> no what they do is they send your your manuscripts through the uh, uh, military sensor <laughs> chain of command where they yeah. hack out anything that might be real world. And they say, you have to change this to something uh, ridiculous and superfluous. And you end up with, if I remember correctly, Moonraker, and I'm not oh. sure if it was Moonraker. The plot was the Blofeld is going to poison all the turkeys in England so that Christmas Day is ruined, and therefore the British economy is going to be destroyed, and Europe will be destroyed and, and collapse in on itself because he's an anarchist. I mean, it was that dumb. <laughs> was that was that what Moonraker was about? I'm, I'm trying to. I think it was Moonraker. Was was the turkeys? One of them is attacking the turkeys. I, I kid you not. I thought Moonraker That's, was was the space shuttle and going to the moon and something. Like that. Was, was there but a That's the movie. Subplot? That's yeah. the oh, no. Oh, he's okay. he's going to launch a missile that's going to poison the turkeys by spreading oh, a biological okay. entity. This is brilliant, and it's because... funny because they combine some some real world drama that seems that a human being would have a tough time surviving, where Bond has to crawl through one of the exhaust ports while the missile's firing, and will he survive? <laughs> but the overall plot could have been more Austin Powers than James Bond. I, I want to rewatch Moonraker now. 
And <laughs> the movie's completely different. The movie they they have. Oh, the you're talking about shuttles. the book. I'm talking about the yeah. book. I'm talking about <laughs> okay. Yes. Okay. the second time we've I'm said talk, this, Joe. I'm talking about how how the manuscript was Leave probably alone, censored so heavily <laughs> that the villain couldn't actually conduct an actual uh, 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 sensible attack. Hmm. Well. <laughs> what books, books are a thing. The the books I think had both an interesting grounding in more reality with mm. humanity, and also a more farcical approach to what the overall villain's plot was. Whereas the movies kind of flip both those things, where they make Bond kind of impervious to bullets, and yeah. yet um, the villains almost have a more sensible approach to their attack plan. I so mean, would you- sometimes. Sometimes, depending on which movie you're talking about. So would you recommend the books to anyone, a young reader um, or or anyone that loves Bond? Would you say, if you're a Bond fan, this you absolutely have to get this series or try this book? Certain books. I okay. think The Spy Who Loved Me is fascinating. The Spy Who Loved Me is, is not um, from Bond's perspective or a third-person narrator perspective. Uh, Spy Who Loved Me is from the Bond girl's perspective. And oh. she's actually a British tourist in America, of all things, and she happens to run into Bond through just circumstance. And That's like La Femme very, Nikita. Yeah, and, and it's very self-contained, and they happen to be in a closed resort in the off-season, and it's more like Key Largo than anything else, and it's actually fantastic. Same with wow. Octopussy, which is a novella or short story as opposed to a full novel. And it has almost nothing to do with Bond being a secret agent. He just happens to show up and is a um, he's sort of a party viewing what's going on when uh, a wife who's being abused by her billionaire husband decides to take revenge. And, and it's it's it, those are, I think, worth reading. Wait, that's Octopussy? Octopussy. The book? Yeah. The novel, you know what I find it, in, it out of everything that you've just said is is the amount that you were able to retain from that book. How how many years ago did you read it? I'm a nerd. No, I'm a total I, listen, nerd. I've read nerd. hundreds of of uh, hundreds, probably 150 different science fiction books, 200 fantasy books. I don't. If you said Joey, you know, tell me about the, the, uh, you know the Once and Future <laughs> King, I'd be like, it's about King Arthur. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I well, I've been thinking about this stuff for a week, and I'm sorry. I've been well, kind of, I mean, you uh, know, don't don't downplay the fact that you have an <clears throat> insanely good memory. Yeah, oh, okay, he right. he remembers things in exquisite detail. It's well, a little both disturbing. Matthew and, and Ben are are two peas in a pod. Then because it's frustrating for me uh, when sometimes when I work with Matthew, I'm like Matthew. You know, I could say, what was that algorithm that you that you looked at the other day? And uh, Matthew could do it verbatim. You know, so that's but kind yeah, of frightening. Well, that, that, we all that, we all have our strengths, everybody, right? My, that's a mine is a memory of of, of the, uh, the little technical school in Colorado that both Ben and I attended. Tell us a little bit about that, Matthew. Give the listeners just a brief <laughs> a wayward a brief school for boys and girls of how <laughs> of how you two, reform school of how you two know each other. <laughs> So Ben and I both have the the dubious distinction of attending the same institution of higher learning called the U.S. Air Force Academy. 
It was uh, definitely an institution. It was, it was <laughs> something. Yeah, it was. Uh, and, and Ben was actually a senior or a firsty there when I was a freshman. He was class 93 and I was class 96, which means he has absolutely no idea who I was when I was there. <laughs> <laughs> Just a smack. All of you were smacks. We were all smacks. Bean heads. Yeah. We, all, all we did was stand around, do push-ups, and uh, yell out things. So... Uh, but but yeah, that's uh, part part of the the uh, the, the process of, of being a cadet at the Air Force Academy is you memorize a ton of stuff, um, not least of which being a, a little book that's called Contrails. It's got all kinds of knowledge that you're required to memorize. Um, on top of things like um, Scofield's quote. Uh, yeah, I'm not reciting it for you right now, <laughs> so don't even. <laughs> Don't try to pull rank on me right now. <laughs> but uh, uh, you, you'd show up at breakfast, which is all very rigorous and re- regimented, and you would be expected to uh, memorize have, have have three uh, newspaper articles memorized. And then at lunch, you would have expect to have three different newspaper articles memorized. And the point of having that done was so that the um, the upperclassmen at the table could get their news for the day, and they could say, "Hey." Tell us what all the all the headlines are today. And it was a rudimentary internet. <laughs> <You're right>. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you had to have proper citations, if I remember correctly. Possibly so. I guess <laughs> I, 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 everything came from the Colorado uh, Star Gazette or whatever the newspaper Gazette was. That Telegraph. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. or the Denver Post. Those are the yep. two papers that were available at the time. Yep. Yep. So, but anyways, that, that institution gives you a lot of, uh, incentive to memorize large volumes of data very quickly and, and as, as closely to accurate as possible, ostensibly because they're churning out things like pilots and astronauts from there, where you have to memorize huge books of data, uh, you know, emergency procedures and stuff like that. And realistically though, it's all just hazing. It's all just a way for the upperclassmen to, to just, you know, uh, and in all know. fairness, a, a way to demonstrate time management. Robin, what'd you, you had say? To break out your prioritization. Am I willing to get yelled at at lunch for not having my three current events memorized if instead I studied for my test on physics? Yep. <laughs> oh, sorry. I, I just didn't want you to smack the table. <laughs> no, but I mean, it seems it like both of you have uh, gained an ability to absorb and retain information that is uncanny. Yeah, it's impressive. Well, it's in impressive. all fairness, I read these books prior to the Academy before I was of legal age to drink alcohol. So <laughs> that may be why I retain more information about James Bond. Uh, I'm just saying, I can also give you Asimov's three rules and high Oh, lines. I can do that. No, I can do exactly. that as well. So. Right. So, so, you know, all these things are relative. I remember, right. shit, I, I remember stuff from 35 years ago better yeah. than I remember stuff from five minutes ago. It's How's funny. That? And that, that in itself is a whole other topic yeah. to talk about, you know, uh, uh, because I agree with you, Ben. There are things I'm like, how do I remember that? But we, we probably need to have all of us on there and then maybe like a neurologist who could actually give us a lot of answers. Uh, if I that. had to guess with my amateur recall, I'd say anything during puberty sticks more <laughs> than all the information that comes afterwards. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, let me ask you this uh, as, as I'm going to guide us back into to the Bond world. There are three other aspects of this that I want to discuss. And the next one is uh, within the Bond world, the greatest gadget. Whoa, I hadn't even considered that. The Lotus Esprit. The oh, oh, that was mine, too. The, yeah, the Lotus that converted into a submarine. Absolutely. That was cool. Yeah. I, I'm going to say the watch. It's uh, something that, that has 
persevered through, I think, almost all of the films. He has a watch. It's Omega, by the way. Omega. (laughs) Omega, sponsor our podcasts. Um, (laughs) Thanks for including me in that, too. That was good. (laughs) We're in this together. That's right. uh, I mean, in various incarnations, it's had a grouting wire. It's had a laser. It's had the ability to remote control a vehicle. A magnet. Oh, yes, a magnet for unzipping dresses. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's a very important tool that has been, I think, an icon of Bond, which is, I think, why it's an important yes. brand. Can I flip it real quick and just say the stupidest va- Bond gadget? Yes, yes. What was is the it? station wagon that turned into an airplane? <laughs> Wait, what? Was that? Uh, I Man, don't even remember that. want to say? No. Which one? Really? I, I, wanna, I, I, I don't honestly remember, but it was really dumb. It was horrible. Wings well, popped out and it took off. But now I want the station wagon. Oh, it was awful. We had a station wagon growing up. I loved it. We could sit in the back and the door came out like quarter a mile out. You know, anyway. Did you play, did you play tail gunner? Tail gunner. Oh, yeah. No, it wasn't tail gunner. It was snow speeder from the Star Wars Empire Strikes mm-hmm. Back. Okay. You were either nice. Dak or you were Luke. And uh, no. whoever got Dak, you know, was... Then, yeah, got the short end of the stick. Other anyway. terrible ones: the the pellet gun that shot the uh, air air uh, the gas pellet thing. Yes, yes. Oh, from the terrible, terrible movie set here in our home state of Louisiana. Uh, <laughs> we just live and let that. die. Oh, it's so painful to watch. It requires a lot of alcohol. A lot of alcohol. A lot. Yeah. What's movie or harder on? drugs but, if you have access to them. But has, I think, one of the better chase Bond scenes. Girls. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Ben. No, I, Actually, I'll the argue cha- with you the on that. The chase scene with the boats? Yes. 20 minutes. I mean, totally what, what movie? Film, what movie are we talking about? Live and Let Die. Yeah. Live and Let Die. With um, okay. Paul McCartney, great theme song. And we yes, got to talk about uh, theme songs. Academy Award, I believe, for that song. Yep. I'm going to look at Live and Let Die. Because that was um, Roger Morwin. What is his, what Jane is the Seymour. villain's name? Oh, Yafin. Live and Let Die was 1970. Emmy winning actor. No. It was 1973. Roger Moore, Yafit Koto. Yeah. Was Kananga? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Jane, Jane Seymour was in that. That's what I'm saying. Jane <clears throat> Seymour. I didn't oh, hear I'm you say that. I'm my films together. Okay. Live and Let Die in Las Vegas. Yes. Yafit Koto. Yeah. Yeah. I actually nice. met Jane Seymour in real life one time in Vegas. She is more beautiful in real life than she is on film. And that was 20 years at, or 30 years after the film was made. I think that's a mic drop moment right there. Okay. Man. All right. Do I get I, I can separate <laughs> the rest of the episode? None yeah, of the rest of us can say that we met Jane Seymour. Yes. Well, and it, she, it, she's it, also Dr. Quinn medicine woman. Yes. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. that was her premiere film. I think that was the first role she ever had. She was very young and she was sensational. Well, that leads us into the next question. Best Bond girl. Honor Blackman. Yeah. I have a soft spot for her. She was the original Bond girl from. Uh, uh, Dr. No. No, not Dr. No. Oh, no, I guess she wasn't. Um, sorry. Um, Goldfinger. That's the one. I was like, one of the golds. Gold? <laughs> was was she the one who got painted in, in the gold paint? No. no. 
Okay. She no, was that the pilot. was pilot, and yes. she led the escadrille. Another French word. Also, until Monica Bellucci, Great. she was the oldest Bond girl, and she had appeared in the Avengers TV show as also a secret agent and a huh. badass. Yeah. Well, I'm going more recent. I'm going Ava Green. I love her. I yeah, thought she did I, a great job. Everyone's like, who? <laughs> so I didn't know if anyone yeah, was Casino Royale. Royale. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes. Casino Royale. Yeah. Casino Royale. She did a really yes. good job with a nuanced character who had an actual motivation. Casino Royale is one of my favorites. I think it it yeah. had um, overall the best of each category in terms of uh, I would Bond, agree. Bond girl, villain, plot. Um, and as a... Pardon me. And as a reboot, I think that it was extremely successful uh, going from Pierce Brosnan, who had kind of the campy one liners and suave debonair. And they kind of changed the narrative a little bit with um, Daniel Craig. They, right. and, and they gave, that's, but I like that. Yes. Oh, I absolutely <clears throat> agree. They, they made it grittier. I think they made it more modern. They brought it into a new era. Right. Matthew, best Bond girl in your opinion? I have no idea of any of the Bond girls. <laughs> what what come movies prepare, are you Matthew? watching? If you're not watching it for the Bond girls, what the heck? I, I mean, identify with Q. I don't identify with James Bond. <laughs> was, was Monica Bellucci ever a Bond girl? Yes. Yeah. Okay, oh, she did a great job, but she she the, dies. Yeah. What, which, that was um, Quantum of Solace or one of the crappy ones? I'll find and, okay, out. Now, here's the thing. I think Daniel Craig gets a lot of flack for not being a good Bond. I happen to agree with Robin where I think the greediness is nice and the reboot is nice, but he's been given horrible scripts. Both Quantum of Solace, which is a terrible name, and Spectre, both of those were terrible films. And, well, and he just didn't have a lot to to do with those characters. But I think if you look at just Casino Royale on its own, yeah, yeah. I think that he is a contender for one of the best bonds. I agree. I I think he is. But again, I also think that um I just missed his name. Uh Christian Bale is the best Batman. So hmm Okay. <laughs> okay. Oh, did but we want to go down that door? <laughs> but I think it has to do with the scripts. I think Val Kilmer would have been better, but he got handed a crappy script. I, uh, Batman Returns is one of my favorites. <laughs> okay. All right. And I she just, is a Robin, so she knows. I'm, I'm, I'm yes, I am. Team George Clooney. All the way. George Clooney George, is Batman. Clooney. But he was getting. Oh. He was given a very gay-centric script and didn't have much to go on with that. But it's fun. I don't know. I, I like all of those. Well, I didn't mean to take us down the, the dark sorry. night. Sorry, sorry. We've <laughs> gone a totally different route. I'm going to pulse back. All right. <laughs> Refocus. I was going to nerd out on Frank Miller, but okay. We'll do a... Uh, sorry, let me turn that off. We'll have to do a podcast on Best Batman, uh, Best Joker as well. Um, oh, please. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. Even that though. Now, I'm not going to even say it. We're going to save that. Okay. We're okay. All right. that. Uh, James Bond. <laughs> yeah. Bond girls. You mentioned Halle Berry. I love Halle yep. Berry as an actress. Um, she won the Oscar for Monster. Monster's Ball. Monster's Ball. Monster's Ball. Yes. Up. Excellent film. Great performance. 
But I think she just wasn't given enough to do with her Bond no. appearance. And the lines she was given were horrible. Um, whereas you get someone like uh, Denise. What the hell? Richards. Denise Richards. <laughs> Denise Richards. <laughs> <laughs> she looks like a great Bond girl, but come on. I mean, a nuclear <clears throat> physicist. I mean, it was just. That's strict Christmas Jones. I mean, what now, are you doing there? Denise, I know you're listening. Ben doesn't mean that. <laughs> I, and, I Denise, oh, and, and her appearances in other genres, including House MD and Third uh, uh, 30 Rock, she's phenomenal. But in that genre, she just didn't fit. Wow, but again, ben. that's that's a bad script. That's a bad script. Exactly. exactly. That's it's, not her fault. It's poor writing. Or Bond's fault. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, which leads us, let's see, we've done Gadget, we've done bo- uh, uh, Bond Girl, which leads us to the last category that I want to ask you guys is the best Bond villain. Oh, that's important because it's without very a important. villain, there's no good Bond. Yes. So so think about this for a second. And, and while we're doing that, um, I don't think... Was was there a stick of gum gadget where he took one side and if you took it, you mixed that them was together? Impossible. Oh, that was Mission Impossible. Thank you. That <laughs> was Ethan. Yeah, Ethan. Ethan. What's his name from Wisconsin? Hunt. Yes. Hunt? Okay. okay. Best Bond villain. Here's the problem with Bond villain. Who's a good actor or character versus who has a good motivation? Because I love Chris Walken in View to a Kill. But his motivation was completely stupid. It was the same real estate scam from Superman 2. And, <laughs> and I, I loved uh, who's the guy from Game of Thrones who did the Lexus commercials. No, who did the Lexus commercials, who was in the Pierce Brosnan. He was the he was the the Steve Jobs villain. I'm looking for oh, yeah, oh, I know who it was. You know who I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. It was um Elliot. Um, hang on. Elliot Carver was the character. Yes. No. Yeah, Elliot no. Carver, but who's the actor? He's a great actor. Jonathan Price. Jonathan Price. Jonathan Price. Yeah, he, had, he had a bit role <laughs> in Glengarry Gen Ross. Oh my gosh. He's phenomenal. But again, his motivation is stupid. Ratings for his TV station. I mean, it was just dumb. But, I, you know, I loved that film too. That was a great film. Um, that was Tomorrow Never Dies. Yes. Um, yep. But I just realized there have been two major Game of Thrones actors who have played Bond villains. Yes. Correct. Because Sean Bean, I think, yep. might be one of my favorite Another Bond villains. Because yeah. GoldenEye is clearly the best Bond film. What about Mads Mikkelsen? Oh my gosh. He was, he in, was in Casino, he was Casino, again, Royale, Casino Royale. Leading yeah. Eye. I did like Le Chief. He's a great so, actor. Well I done. Can... Le Chief, yeah. French. Yeah. I can't oh, believe no I one to... is bringing up. Oh, that's Jaws. Oh, 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 Jaws. Jaws. Oh. <laughs> that is my wallpaper lock screen that, and has been for like five years. Now, Richard Jaws Keel. was fun and Richard Keel was amazing. Yeah. And I loved him in Happy Gilmore. Um, <laughs> but uh, again, the motivation until Moonraker when he had an emotional component and he had to flip on the ultimate Bond villain, I don't think he was given much to do. Yeah, yeah. He was he was just a heavy who was just expected to follow orders. But, but still, in terms of Bond villains, who else had a more iconic presence on screen 
with I'll just give you that. <laughs> I mean, odd job. Well, yeah, odd I, job. I was going to say besides odd, odd job. job. Yeah. Yeah. Odd job I, was on screen for all of what three minutes, and and but <laughs> but everybody remembers he had the the hat that had the the razor the on the side. The bowler okay, hat. but let me go with Blofeld and the Telly Savalas in the original incarnation Secret Service, and then the Blofeld whose face you never see stroking the cat, which gave which lent to the Austin Powers thing later on in Mr. Bigglesworth. <laughs> <laughs> and was that, was that the opening of you do a killer for your eyes only where he's in the wheelchair and bond drops him down the chimney. What? Yeah. He, he, he survived. <laughs> he survived the initial attack and then he appears in the wheelchair, but you don't see his face and he's doing huh. everything by remote control and trying to kill bond. In the helicopter. Oh, I'm not remembering. I'm not remembering which one it was. I'm getting a big memory of this. Yeah. Okay. I've got another Bond fill-in. I'm trying to remember her full name, but um, actually the world is not enough. Electra King. That was her name. Okay. Uh, She's both a Bond girl and a villain, which I think does make the film really cool. But the the whole opening scene. Isn't that Jewel? No, I don't think so. Jewel Electric is- King, yeah. here it is. She was in The World Is Not Enough with Pierce Brosnan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Sophie Marceau. So, yeah. Sophie, is that her name? Yeah. And she was with Sean Bean, right? I mean, that was the... No, that's a different movie. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> um, no, she plays She plays the Bond girl, the you know poor wilting flower that needs protection. But in reality, the opening scene is her killing her father through a very convoluted scheme. And uh, she basically Patty Hursted and is the lover of the actual villain. Oh, 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 the guy from Train Spotting. What the hell's his name? Robert Carlyle or whatever? Train Spotting. I haven't seen that Begley? movie in a long time. Wow. Robert Beck. Is it Begley? Yeah. It, well, well uh, his character in Train Spotting was Begbie. But yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah I, and that, I think she makes a really cool Bond villain. And she puts him in the chair. It. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's got the... <laughs> yeah, he's got I, the what, Joey? <laughs> well, no, I would say I'm, look, I'm looking at the picture right now. He's got like this... Uh, he's in this the chair with this thing. gold neck harness that's looks like a tabletop behind him. Anyway, yeah. So, yes, yes. And I think Brosnan did great in that scene, <clears> the whole <throat> sequence. Yeah, I... I think Brosnan did great in all of his sequences. Didn't the watch save him? What kind of watch was it? Omega. Omega. (laughs) Omega, the best watch in the world with lots of money to give to podcasts. (laughs) All right. Just like Aston Martin, the best car in the world. I do like a good Aston Martin. Yep. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, Ben. I stepped all over whatever you were saying right there. No, I, I said I'd give Robin Sophie Marceau. I think that was that was really good. She she was a great Bond villain. I think that the Pierce Brosnan films, I think Die Another Day was uh, stretching it. It was kind of a last hurrah for Pierce Brosnan. But um, right. you've got Goldeneye, which was his reboot of the character which I think is a phenomenal film. It's just, it's exciting and it's fun. Uh, Tomorrow Never Dies, which I think had one of the coolest motorcycle chases 
with the helicopter. Oh, I remember and that, that actress. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she had been in the Jackie Chan film. What's her name? I'm sorry, Michelle Yeoh. Yes, yeah, yeah. and she was in uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Hidden Dragon, yeah. yes. Actual martial artist. And she's Very a cool. badass in real life. And mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I mean, some some amazing scenes that were not faked. They they used a lot of right. practical effects, and I think that for for me that makes the Bond films more interesting and uh, lends credence to Pierce Brosnan being the best Bond. Mm, okay. <laughs> now, are we still in villains? Are we still melding it with Bond girls? Because Fanta Jansen. <laughs> Zinya Anata. Oh <laughs> I like Famke Jansen. I, yes. I, <clears throat> I think she's a great character. In the in, faculty, she was amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, she was. Yeah. No, go ahead. You oh, no. I was amazing. just saying, play, playing the GoldenEye N64 game. Yes. We can would we... have to draw straws over who played her character. And well, can we talk about the video games as Bond Ephemera? Because GoldenEye was a phenomenal Bond film. It was, I a, have an and episode. It was a fantastic game. I have an episode on my podcast, which is the best video games of all time. And we all agreed that that game was in the top three of all time. Paintball Big Head. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Get those remote mines. Baron Zemetti. In the bathroom. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Baron Zemetti. (laughs) Okay. So as, as uh, as we not come to the end, but as we're nearing it, is there a bond that, because Daniel Craig is done after this next release, <clears throat> he's stated he's retiring the, the tuxedo. Uh, and I don't know if they will, I think they will continue the legacy. I think that eventually they will, they will keep this, this character going. Well, bonds um, are like popes. You have, you know, little interstitial bonds in between the long, you know, the long term right, bonds. Right. That's good. That's a good point. <laughs> So here's my question is who would you like to see play James Bond um, next? And I, I have somebody, I have a couple people, but I thought, man, this person might really I love do the rumors job. of Idris Elba. <laughs> yeah. That's, that, that was, was my pick. Rumors. I love yes. that. I was so excited. The I, like problem five is years ago, I 10 years ago. That. Yeah. It, after the wire, wow, yeah, he would have been perfect. I think he's just too old now, unfortunately. Huh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And hey, Idris Elba was my was my pick as well. I think he would have made uh, a fantastic uh, Bond. Matthew, any any ideas? Any had he mm-hmm. not already done the uh, the Jack Ryan series on Amazon Prime? Um, uh, John Krasinski. John Krasinski. I think yeah, would but... make a... he's American. Do they allow Americans to be Bond? Him, yeah, I think. I'm sorry. They, they, they messed up by casting an Australian. I think it's they definitely be UK. can't cast. Yeah. We should do yeah. it. It's we should be do it from the kingdom. Yeah. All right, then uh, Billy Connolly. He's Scottish. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the kid from Perfume who also ended up being Q in the oh, in the, the series? Movie. Yeah, he was yeah. Bond. What's his name? Sorry, I don't know. I, I, I don't remember his name, but but I know who you're talking about. Yeah, he was he was a younger kid and he was like a, a bug eyed kid. Yeah. Uh, he was in that other thriller film that we the on the plane. I'm oh looking. no, you're thinking of um Cillian Murphy. Yes. He's Irish. He would oh, be perfect. Cillian Murphy. I also like Gabriel yeah. Byrne, also too yep. old. <laughs> 
Oh my gosh, Gabriel Byrne would have been a great Bond. Gabriel Byrne would have been great if they would have got him at the right moment. Yeah, I know they like approached the Clive Owen before they approached Daniel. Oh my Tennant. gosh, Clive Owen would have been great oh. again around the age of croupier, but not Clive today. Owen. I just don't know modern British actors who Daniel Radcliffe. Oh, <laughs> that would be fun. As I would watch the heck out of that. I would love to see him turn that. You know, he is a great actor. What was that series we watched him in? Um, the the the, the uh, world thing with the god thing. No, no, no. Young doctor. Uh, oh, the young. young uh, like a young the, doctor's it was, diary. It was bit of, yeah. Yeah, it was young doctor, it? young physician's diary, young doctor's diary. He, he oh, based on a Russian novel. He plays a young Russian physician in that has been sent in to Siberia. Siberia. <laughs> and oh my gosh, a Netflix if, series or Amazon? It may have been, and it also has John Hamm. Yes, I like Go John Hamm. It's really good, and he can actually pull off the heavy. Yeah, he's got yes. some chops. He's yeah. he's got he's good, and he's done Broadway. Yeah, I, I want to tell you that he he's he's kind of expanded to all different genres. Uh, but yes, yeah. Anyway, yeah, I threw did, that out. Equus, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Didn't he I, also do Sin City? Wasn't that him? What? Yes. Really? The Sin yeah. City 2. Sin City 2. Sin City 2, thank you. Thank you. Again, Whoa. Frank Miller echoing the Batman thing, not going there. But yes. <laughs> got to rewatch. Uh, I just I yeah. I have a hard time seeing him as anyone other than Harry Potter. And though. he's going to have a tough time getting over that. But if we go back to the Ian Fleming bond, the cowlick of hair that is a, quote, dark comma over the eyes, I think. <gasps> With a re- lightning bolt scar? No. <laughs> no. Wait, sorry. We could do a podcast on Harry Potter. Uh, that, that, that's, a, that's a universe that I'm well versed in. <laughs> Oh, I should probably stop there. <laughs> no, Robin would like you to keep going, please. No, I had to... I'll brag about how I was a wizard rock groupie. And when we went to Universal earlier, did you this wear a year, robe? I what had house? to get a Snape. What, what house are you, Robin? What house? I'm Slytherin. I, I might be a Ravenclaw, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure I'm a Slytherin. <laughs> Well, what I'm going to do with with that is, and and, and I do, we're going to have to have a, we'll have to do more podcasts, but it is, we're going to bring it back to James Bond. And with that, guys, I'm going to wrap up the uh, the show for tonight. Uh, I want to thank Ben. I want to I want to thank Robin. I want to thank Matthew, and thank everybody for listening. Uh, this is the topic of choice podcast tonight. We've just we've just really hammered out a whole bunch of stuff with James Bond and everything else, which is why I love the flow of the topic of choice because it can go uh, in in many different ways. So, uh, guys, thank you all for for joining me tonight. I really appreciate uh, your time. Thank you. So thank you for having us on. Joey, we barely scratched the surface. Can we go for another hour, please? <laughs> yes, absolutely good. Yes. We absolutely could. I, I've got my three over here. We didn't even We're talk looking. about Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> well, let's do this. Let's make this part one. It's officially oh, part okay. one. All right. All right. Because now we have to do a part two. And mm-hmm. there are so many other topics which we we just we just opened up. Pandora's box too, i.e. Batman, the Joker and everything else. Uh, and we will do a uh, Harry Potter as well because uh, I can really dig my my claws into that one as well. Who's that? Yes. Uh, oh my gosh. <clears throat> yeah. I'm we'll sorry. Definitely... I'm about to have a seizure. <laughs> 
But everybody, thank you for listening. You can you can find the podcast anywhere you find your your media uh, or your podcast. Go ahead and please download, rate, and review. Thank you guys very much, and we'll see you next time on the show.